I'm Nancy Showalter, and you're listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect podcast. Welcome, all radical paradigm shifters and creative change makers. You who dare to create a better life and a better world, tap into the power that resides within you and use that power for constructive change. Hello, everybody, and welcome to What Happens When I Die and How Can I Prepare? This is a topic of great interest to some people, and to most others, it's a topic they completely avoid. I think this is because we fear the unknown, and in most Western cultures, death is seen as a taboo subject, until, of course, when you're facing it. Today, we're talking with Reverend Carl Showalter, And we're looking at this subject from a spiritual perspective versus the physical aspects of dying. Carl was ordained when he was 16 years old. He's been a minister and teaching spiritual principles for over 55 years. He has a BA degree from Manchester College in Indiana and a Master of Theology degree from Bethany Theological Seminary in Chicago. He is a trained hospital chaplain and specializes in assisting those who are transitioning from this life. Welcome, Carl. I'm thrilled to have you here to talk about this important topic. And it's my pleasure to share with you. I know you've had years of experience working with people who are making their transition or preparing to make their transition. Can you tell us about that? Yes, of of course, in the ministry, you naturally get this. But as I began to specialize a little bit more with it, I began to, to give classes on the preparation, what's ahead, uh, what people can expect, so that we can take the fear out of this, because there is absolutely no fear uh, involved with this once you are aware of what's going to be happening. Great. And of course, you worked with a lot of people in your hospital chaplaincy, of so course. Yes. that were at various stages of illness or maybe they weren't ready for their transition but they were fearing it anyway because they were in the hospital sick or whatever. I have found that in preparation for something like this, I try to share with them exactly what they're going to be experiencing. For in death, there is no, no sense of separation uh, at the point of death. Many people don't even know that they have made the transition because everything goes on just normally and naturally. And so you could have loved ones meet you. You could have one of the masters meet you. You could have an angel meet you. But whatever it is, that that being is there. And all at once, everything opens up. You see the being. You, you It's like having meeting a friend. And you hug each other and et cetera. And so it's just a matter of helping people to understand life is. It isn't on or off. Life is. But sometimes we drop our body but we, like we do every night. It's a natural thing at night. We're used to it. Um, but the, to, to make a transition where you leave your body for good in this cycle 
then they have to get used to it. Sure. We've talked in previous episodes about the soul's journey through the physical planes, you know, how we've incarnated on earth numerous times. So today we want to talk about what happens spiritually when we're getting ready to make our transition and then when we pass on. Well, most people will have some kind of an indication long before they make this transition. They will get the feeling that they should start selling off their stuff um, cleaning up the house, um, making sure everything is in order, working on their will. And so they'll, they'll just feel led to do this. They might even sometimes have the feeling that they are about ready to make their transition, but most people will not allow themselves to go there that far. But they will um, begin to pull themselves together and, and have, have that feeling within themselves. And then as they get closer to it, the masters help us here. If a person is very religious uh, and really uh, honors Mother Mary, uh, we find that about five, four or five days before they make their transition, many times Mother Mary will appear to them and they will see her and she will talk to them and she will show them exactly what they're about uh, to go through. And the same thing goes with some of the masters. Uh, the master uh, Lanello, uh, for those of his disciples, he has promised to meet uh, them at this point. And so he does also, as Mother Mary does, comes just ahead of time so that the person, after this experience with them, they have absolutely no fear of what's coming. Right. And, and many times, uh, who appears has to do a lot with your religious background. So Jesus may appear. That's right. Uh, like you say, if someone's attuned to Mother Mary in the Eastern tradition, some of the Eastern masters may appear. Exactly. And the idea is comfort of the soul That's to bring right. them back, you know, bring them back home, basically. That's right. And so, or it could be, like you say, relatives, friends, or someone that they feel comfortable and familiar with. That's right. You know, there's been many folks who've had near-death experiences. There's many, many documented cases now. It's amazing. And they're called near-death because they were declared dead, but they came back to talk about their experiences. Our dear friend Daniel Brinkley is probably one of the more famous cases, as he's been dead four times, two times being electrocuted and two times with heart attacks. And believe it or not, at this time of this podcast, he is still with us, his body holding together. And these folks that have these experiences actually talk about what they experience on the other side. And Daniel has written a number of books in his case, and others have written books. There's been children who have had near-death experiences and come back and, and talk about seeing Jesus, seeing That's an right. angel, and uh, or whatever, experiencing... Uh, beautiful places and beautiful cities and beings of light and the life review. Let's talk about the life review because Daniel's very detailed about his life review, but many people say the same thing. Right. You know, once you make that crossing, and I've experienced it once and was told, you have to go back, you can't stay. So once you experience that you, you want to stay because the vibration is so much better. 
the beauty is so uh, astounding. Uh, and, and the people that you meet, uh, they are so radiant that you don't want to come back. And yet at the same time, there is a plan. And therefore, if we are to come back, we're, we might have the opportunity of, of meeting one of the masters who has, has an, an assignment to share with you and what you are to accomplish when you come back, etc., it's completely different point of reference within yourself because here everything is sort of dull and so on, but when you get there, it is so beautiful and joyful, etc., that you do not want to return. And um, it really confirms everything that people have talked about, but uh, you've not experienced it until you have this experience. Just about everybody who has had a near-death experience, experiencing the higher levels in the spiritual realm, yeah. they say the same thing, that the, you don't want to come back. Because and, especially if your body was just mangled up and, or electrocuted or something, you, you're going back to a very painful, dense situation. Right. And then you have the other side of that coin where you have somebody who's really out of attunement, really, really negative, I know a person, a friend of mine, did the ministry for this one person. Uh, he was so, so negative that on his deathbed, he tr I tried to choke his wife. Uh, and it just happened that someone was there to unlock his hands. And then he had a vision. He went across. And when he came back, he said, I, ca I cannot go there. I don't want to go there. I, I what can I do? Someone said, get a minister. And so he was baptized and then died soon after that. But there's two sides of that coin. What vibration are you in when this kind of, this thing comes and so on? Right. And, well, that leads into talking about the different levels of spirit. You know, Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. And which refers to the many levels of spirit and the spiritual retreats that the masters have set up in the spirit realms where we souls can go for healing or so, go for uh, learning, growing further, evolution in between embodiments. So we know there are those 33 levels of vibration up where you start, maybe the, the first level I think is called Devashan, where people who, you know, they're not bad people, but they're really attached to certain things into the world. And so perhaps they want, they always wanted to be a singer or something. So they go to Devashan and all that's created for them so that they can be a singer. And that's, that's all they do is sing. And right. And they're just caught up kind of in this desire that they've had and they have to move on to the next levels. And then it goes up higher and higher to the 33 levels and then there are those 33 levels that are lesser than the earth, Down. starting at the astral plane, and that vibration goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And this is what people would refer to as hell, or even purgatory in some cases. Purgatory is on the way down right. to hell. Right, but it's, it's just a, a yes. And, and keeping in mind, there is no time and space after you leave this plane. It's always now. That is eternity. It is timeless. Timeless is right. And always now. So 
when you say, is there eternal life? Is there eternal suffering in hell? And only because it is timeless. It is always just now. You're in that present. And when someone is in a very dark place and they're caught up into a, one of the darker realms, it's difficult to get yourself out of it. Just like if someone in the physical world is addicted, very difficult to get themselves out of it when they have a heavy addiction. They need help. And so we can spiritually help. The masters and the angels help too. But that is why people make calls and prayers for people who have passed out of embodiment so that they pass through that astral plane, which is actually interpenetrating with the physical dimension. And they have to pass through that to get to the octaves of light, to the higher realms. So we make calls. We call to Archangel Michael to protect and to cut them free and to move them quickly through that plane and and move on. I'd like to talk also a little bit about if a person uh, is burned at the stake, if this person is tortured, uh, they go through uh, hell on earth. And they, when they make their transition, they are in so bad shape that what happens on the other side is that they will take these people and they will put them, let them sleep. And they will sleep for quite a long time. And then they will come out of it very slowly with special, specially trained angels who are full of love and so on, uh, helping the soul get back into balance, etc. It's a most beautiful thing uh, to understand that, you know, there's no chances uh, in the spirit world. Everything is, is done out of love and understanding and peace and so on. Right, and some of the beings that are caught in these lower levels... They literally do not know how to get out. They can't recognize sometimes an angel of light because it's such a dense consciousness. And this is why, you know, even after uh, Jesus' crucifixion in the Bible, well, it says he descended into hell for three days before he rose from the dead. And that's what he was doing. He was going into those levels of darkness and preaching to those souls so they could see light, they could see the Christ and remember who they are and to help get them out of that that level. So we can pray in the same way to help those people that are making a transition, uh, whether it's your loved one or even someone you don't know. You can make those calls. But let's talk about the uh, life review because it's a very fascinating thing. We know that The Lords of Karma, Karmic Board, actually negotiates this process. Mm -hmm. You're taken, as soon as you cross over, you're taken to this beautiful building. You go into the building, uh, you sit down, and on the wall ahead of you, in front of you, is projected your total life uh, in this lifetime. Everything that you went through um, from childhood on up, uh, everything, and it's projected on that, uh, that, that screen. And you, you can see yourself where you failed this test, failed that, but you passed this and passed that. Many times when people go through this, they choose. I mean, they're the judge, really. 
and they choose. Oh, I see where I made a mistake there. And they may request right away to get in line to, to reincarnate, or they may have the opportunity to go to school. Uh, there are all kinds of schools, all kinds of level, all levels of schools on the other side, but they get, they, they get help from the, the angels and the masters, but at the same time, they make up their own minds where they want to go or what they want to do. And so it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that happens. And when somebody comes back from a near-death experience, they will tell you about what the, the, they saw or what they experienced and what the master said to them. In, in the case that... Uh, yeah, in the case of Daniel Brinkley, he's yeah. very explicit about his experience. Right. He said he was a young man when he first uh, was on the telephone during a storm and, a, and a, a lightning struck and went through his entire body. And when he died, he went into the spiritual realms. And this, this whole life review happens really in an instant, uh, even though it seems like a longer time you know, on earth time. But he said that he was, he was, by his own words, he was quite the, what do you say, the town bully everybody loved to hate. He was very mean and crude to people. And he saw his life and he said, not only do you see your own life, like in a movie, but you experience everything that you experience plus the people that you interacted with. You, you feel and experience, it's a very holographic experience. That's right of everybody and you you have a total learning of where you are and what you've done and what your karma is now going to also dictate what you do from there you have a certain amount of free will but your karma also dictates uh what happens and so he said that uh, you know is life changing i mean he came back to earth first of all he didn't want to come back like we said he came back to a body that took years to heal and he was a changed man because he realized what was important. I just read recently where, or on the internet, I saw where a woman had a near-death experience, a young woman. And she said that she was shown not only that life, but she was actually shown some of her previous lives and how a certain pattern in her psychology that she kept repeating in a number of incarnations but it changed her whole life because she was able to recognize this pattern and stop it. So pretty amazing to hear about these near-death experiences and what everyone does experience. So this life review, you know, some would say this is your judgment and you're judging yourself basically. I mean, the law is the law and you are there and you see it, you know it at that point when you're out of your body. And you're judging yourself. Now, your karma dictates what happens to where your soul goes, whether you re-embody. Very if, fascinating. If, if we are aware and accept the fact that uh, there is re-embodiment, really what we need to understand is that from lifetime to lifetime, we are in classes. And when we go back, we go back into the class, all our classmates are anxious to see what we've experienced in this lifetime. They've had their experiences, they've, and the class moves up together, uh, working with the masters and so on. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. 
Uh, it's very exciting when you get into it a lot more. Right. And I'd like to just touch back a little bit about when someone, your loved one or someone you know, or you're in the presence of someone passing on, and they may not even be conscious in their physical body, but they can be very aware their soul level, what you're saying in the room, how you're talking about them. And that's why, you know, it's recommended when you're with someone that you are doing things that comfort them, whether it's certain music that is very peaceful, whether it's prayers that they're used to from whatever their tradition is, and not be talking anything negative, not to be fighting in their presence, not to be talking negatively about them. I think you had a, you share an experience about a family, and the and the mother came back. She yeah. didn't die. She was in a terrible, terrible accident, and they had her on one of these stretchers upside down. Her arms were out, and her legs were up, and so on, and she was uh, she was uh, not conscious, and so, but the the two kids were arguing, I want this. No, no, I'm, I get that one. And they got real nasty while she was hanging there with each other. They, they were going to get this from mom or that from mom and so on. And I had the opportunity to counsel that woman after she came back. Because she, she didn't pass on. No, she didn't after pass all. on. And, and she heard everything. She heard everything. And she said, you know what, Reverend Showalter, I am not giving them one dime, nothing. They don't get anything. And she said, I just hurt so bad when I heard them. They didn't care what I was feeling. They didn't care about my situation. They were only concerned about what they were going to get out of my my background. And I've been in several situations like this. And on the other side of that coin... Uh, I remember one man who had a heart attack. I went to visit him. He was unconscious. And as I walked in, the nurse said, um, Reverend Showalter, uh, he's very close to going. And I said, thank you very much. I walked in, called him by name, and I just said, you know, Lanello is very close to you right now. If you just relax, relax, he's right beside you. Raise up your hand and take his. And at that point, he left. The nurses come rushing in. Pastor, he just died. I said, yes, I know. But when you are in a situation like this, you feel so great because you were part of his victory. And all the way home was a two-hour trip home. All the way home, it was just joy and happiness and so on. So death to me, has become uh, something that I very much appreciate working with people. I love funerals because funerals are a time when people open up and you can talk about what's happening and how you you can, you know, illumine people at this point, whereas most of the time you can't talk to them about somebody dying or anything like that. Right, and and we're so caught up in our living and all the little details of living, we don't really want to talk about it necessarily or think about it. And at that time, like you say, very open because all of a sudden you realize 
you know, there's an end to this little journey. Right. And we are going to move on. And sometimes it happens, unfortunately, to a very young person or a child. And that's particularly painful for the people who are left behind, no question. But again, this is a point of understanding. Because we come in to accomplish a specific thing. And if that child has come in to accomplish something with a parent and they accomplish it early, they may, they may make the choice of leaving because they have accomplished what they have come to do. And this, this we need to understand because nothing is accident. Nothing is, you, you have people having an automobile accident, impossible for them to get out of it, and they came out of it. That other people got of a bender fender and they die. And you say, but why? It, it wasn't that tough. It wasn't that bad, you know. But it was because the soul was making his transition and that was his the chosen time was up. way. Yeah. Right. right. And we do know, of course, that there can be opposition to our life exactly. and to our divine plan. And there are forces that they need to have people passing on. They need the shedding of blood. We've talked about this in previous podcasts because they need that for their own sustaining because they've cut off their own life source from their own God presence. So, and ultimately, once again, which I repeat almost every session, there is only one God, one energy, one source, and that's where we all come from. It's just we were granted that free will that allows us to choose to cut ourselves off from the divine, that part of us that is made in the image and likeness of God, or to actually merge with it fully and become that eternal life, yeah. as ascended masters do, and as we, as Jesus demonstrated for us so beautifully. And that ascension is really the goal of life. Well, this has been an exciting discussion. I thank you for being with us, Carl. It was my pleasure. And I do want to continue this. I would like next week for us to continue this discussion because I think there's a lot more we can say yet about these other dimensions and what happens to the soul and how we can better prepare. So let's look forward to part two next week with Reverend Carl Showalter. Until then, keep an open mind, a generous heart, and a powerful spirit. I'm Nancy Showalter, and you've been listening to Spirituality for the Politically Incorrect. Thank you for being with me today. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. And to follow more of my work, visit me at nancyshowalter.com.